Hello, 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 hello. Here we go. It's Good morning, good morning. Oh my goodness, she is still, I didn't, I didn't even hide her and keep her backstage. We're just gonna let Dr. Sonia be right on as we welcome everybody to this Sunday morning. I'm gonna introduce her in a moment, but she's so beautiful. I just had to have her right here with me right now. And yours truly already, we've got people joining us, Dr. Sonia. This is Dr. Carol Penn. I'm Dr. Carol Penn, doubly board certified in family medicine and obesity medicine, and also your master movement meditation and mindset coach, two-time best-selling author, podcaster, blogger, medical correspondent with WURD Radio in the proud, happy, jubilant city of Philadelphia. Phil, Phil, yes, Philadelphia in the state of Pennsylvania. Hail Mary. Anyway, I digress. Welcome to Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit, where on this show, we talk about, yes, the weight on our physical body, and we talk about the chronic disease of obesity and all the areas that it impacts cardiovascular, endocrine, gastrointestinal, renal, oncology, hematology, pulmonary, neurologic, musculoskeletal, psychosocial, and intumentary. And that's where we are today with Dr. Sonia, right? Because we're going to be talking about the skin we are in. And we also look at the metaphorical meaning, right? So what does it mean to be carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders? What does it mean to feel burdened, to be held down? And we have so many metaphors for that in our language, do we not? Even the one I just said, the skin we're in. Sometimes, we, oh, something's getting under my skin. So we're going to talk something about that today as well. So Dr. Sonia, shall we say hello to see who's joined us so far and bring them on the show before I actually do your official introduction? Yes, of course, of course. It's smiling. It is, uh, it's early out there in the Midwest. So good morning, Linda Parker Edwards, and welcome, hashtag Meditation Nation. Her parents are part of my community parents that raised me when it says it takes a village. Good morning, Karen. Oh, so there's Linda. Good morning, Karen, all the way from Pakistan. Yes, good morning, Dr. Taraline. Good morning, good morning. I'm doing well, Karen. How are you? Good morning, Dr. Dawn. Dr. Dawn is one of our nation's leading pharmacologists. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Victoria. Victoria is one of our nation's leading occupational therapists, worker, and activist. She was very active in um, the whole 
you know, political scene this year and part of my course, Unpacking Racism. So we are excited this morning. We are happy this morning for all who are joining us, for all who are joining us in weightless in mind and spirit. So let's meet Dr. Sonia. We want to get into it. We want to have time to engage, to talk, and to get these pearls. I tell everybody, get out your pen and paper, and let's get ready to take some notes. So who is Dr. Sonia Johnson? Dr. Sonia Johnson is national speaker, consultant, creator of the gorgeous RX system. You hear that, you all? Gorgeous RX system and board certified dermatologist who has been in private practice for over 20 years. Congratulations on that. That's As the founder and chief medical advisor of DrSoniaJohnson.com, she provides a platform to discuss updated treatments with her clients about their skin concerns. Dr. Sonia Johnson is the founder of Derm Elite Telemed, a virtual dermatology office, physician and CEO of Dermatology Associates PC, a private dermatology practice. Her mission is to help her clients achieve clear and even skin tone with increased confidence through education, lectures, and products. Dr. Johnson earned her Doctor of Medicine from St. Louis University and completed her residency at Indiana University in her spare time. She enjoys running, traveling, reading, cooking, shopping, as well as spending time with her family. To learn more, visit SoniaJohnsonMD.com. And I'll be putting those in the chat for you. Or if you want to go ahead and put them in the chat, go ahead and do that. Beloved, beloved, beloved community watching this morning. Good morning, Dr. Dietrich, and welcome. So we have quite an international crew with us this morning, and we are excited about that. So welcome to Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit. So Dr. Sonia, let's get right in. Could you tell us a little bit about why you chose dermatology? Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> so I chose dermatology because, number one, the patients were relatively healthy. And um, and then, you know, I, I did want to have a good family and career uh, balance. So with dermatology, you know, we we get if you work in a hospital, you take call. But if you did not, uh, you really work Monday through Fridays and uh, and you work a decent time. You can like my schedule. I work from seven to three. And so it's just worked out very, it works very well for my lifestyle to be home with my children who now are grown. But at the time, you know, as you know, little children, I wanted to be there for them and then have weekends to myself. Well, beautiful. I love it that you went into a field that already had some built in balance, built in balance. And yes, thank you, my beloved. There were there and there is Dr. Sonia Johnson, MD.com. So you all know you want to be sure to capture these websites and you want to be in touch with our experts and the super friends that uh, come to us week after week after week. Now, one of the things that I wanted that, you know, I know being in obesity medicine and also in um, 
family medicine is I, people come to me all the time with skin problems, with yeah. skin concerns. So on both sides, we see people losing weight and then we see sagging skin, tightening skin, dry skin. So yeah. and all you know, endless rashes, people changing detergents or changing foods, and then it shows up in the largest organ of our body, our skin system. Also, we have just come through quite a political season. We're in the midst of the pandemic. So we're seeing rashes that people believe are related to the pandemic. And Lord, are we seeing the dark circle, the bags under the <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know where we want to jump in, and, and we're changing seasons. We're going in the indoor season where the heat is coming on. So, what is it? Where can people begin to take care and nourish their skin so the skin is glowing? Right, exactly. So, you know, I look at this. Number one, like you said, the skin is the number one organ that everyone can see. So that in itself can make people anxious because sometimes they can't hide the rashes or can't hide, you know, any eruptions that are popping up. So that adds to the anxiety and it's all right, especially if they don't have a treatment for it that will work uh, besides, you know, seeing a doctor, you know. Mm -hmm. And so with that, uh, let's just dive, dive into what you can do as we're going into the winter months. Um, number one, you know, there's, I look at, Things that you can do just specific for the skin and things you can do that's not only going to help the skin, but also help the overall, uh, our overall body, uh, our, our overall health. Number one, drinking more water is, is huge. So <laughs> that's, that's going to help everything, you know, but definitely with the skin, keeping it hydrated, getting fluid internally into your body. Uh, um, sorry. And, th and then number two, you know, eating healthy. So these are all things that we can do that helps us overall, okay? Eating healthy, you know, what you take in internally shows externally. So if you want to keep the eczema under control, keep the acne under control, um, that's what you want to do. Make sure you eat healthy. Getting your rest, that's huge, especially with all the, all the stress we've been under, you know, with the election, regardless of which candidate you was, you know, voting for the prolongation of getting the results and everything of that sort. Um, getting your rest, as well as um, making sure you exercise. You know, exercise is a good form because it helps alleviate stress. And, and stress actually helps build up inflammation on the, in the skin. It actually builds up um, toxins that breaks down collagen. And all that adds to aging if you do not take care of yourself. So that's just overall what we can do to help our skin. But then let's just talk specifically about the skin. There is, number one, I'm a big, huge personal moisturizer in the skin. So you mentioned dryness and preventing that as well as um, helping the, uh, the appearance of the skin looking dry. You know, there's uh, good moisturizers out there. My favorite are ones that have the ingredient called ceramides. Ceramides is really a big hot topic a couple of years ago. Let's spell that so people know ceramides. Could you spell that for everyone? Oh, sure. C-E-R-E-M-I-D-E-S. And ceramides is a lipid that they put into moisturizers. You mainly find it in lotions, uh, but it's a moisturizer, uh, an ingredient they put into lotions that put uh, that are actually putting lipids into this lotion. And when you rub it in, it helps get the lipids into the skin. 
and that lipid hold on to a fluid. It, um, uh, it helps to hydrate the skin and keep it hydrated. So that's a huge thing you want to find, look for in your ingredient in moisturizers for your body. Now, it's so popular that uh, makers uh, or different companies have put it on the outside label, the front label of the name. So it would say at the bottom is a very uh, fine print with ceramides technology or with ceramides. So it's easy to find. And so not all moisturizers have it. And let me tell you, it does make a big difference in the moisturizer. A lotion now feels really creamy. And when you put it on, it makes your skin soft and supple. Number one, also using the moisturizer twice a day. So if you have dry skin, once a day is not enough, especially if after you've made you taken a shower, you're going to need to moisturize twice a day. Number two, uh, same thing, even with your hair, the product that you're looking for or the ingredient is called dimethicone, D-I-M-E-T-H-I-C-O-N-E. That's the same thing as equivalent to like ceramides for the skin, dimethicone is for the scalp or the hairs. So if you tend to have kinky hair like myself, then you need something that's going to trap that moisture into the hairs. And that's the product, the ingredient you're looking for in your product. Okay. Um, besides, you know, moisturizing your skin, there's also um, making sure um, you bathe your skin. Uh, never thought I have to say that, but I don't. <laughs> you know, for adults, it's usually not the problem. But for, you know, your young children, yes, you want to bathe your skin. So, and how often is the question? Well, you know, every day is okay, but some people do it every other day or, or once every three days. Okay. What you think to keep the skin clean? And to uh, get rid of the dead skin, but regardless, whenever you moisture, you wash your skin. Yes, you need to moisturize. So regardless when you do it, if you worry about oh my skin is going to get drier, no, just moisturize more. That that's all you do to keep that balance. So I, you know, I have parents who ask that question all the time. So <laughs> and with my people with eczema, it is a concern because they their skin get very dry. Well, you just work harder at put the moisture, putting the moisturizer back in the skin. But I do recommend at least daily you wash your skin. Now, other things you mentioned, eyelids. For eyelids, uh, you know, I, same thing I mentioned as far as taking care of your body, water, rest. Rest is huge for eyelids because, you know, that puffiness, when you rest and get your at least seven hours of sleep or in midday, take a break. You, that fluid that you have underneath your eyelids, you know, that made your skin really, uh, your eyelids puffy, it actually, your body absorbs that. And another thing, when you see the uh, commercials or advertisements, they have cucumbers on the eyes. That actually works because cucumbers are anti-inflammatory on the eyelids. So not only is it getting rid of inflammation, but it's also helping with the swelling. Um, uh, tea bags is another way to help with that swelling. And for some people, if you want to get, uh, if you notice, again, swelling, you can use co coffee, grinded coffee. Uh, actually, there are creams that are coffee creams, and it's really the caffeine that's in the coffee. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those are ways you can help with the puffiness. And I think you mentioned discoloration around the eyes. Mm -hmm. Discoloration. So the question is, is it really discoloration? And why? the reason why I say that is because what I need you to do, especially if you're looking at the lower eyelids, I want you to pull the lower eyelid down, retract it a little bit as such. And as you can see, if your eyes are discolorated, as you know, when you're not touching your eyelids, when you pull it down, I have about half of my clients, their eyelids are discolorated, but the other half is not. 
And so the reason it's not is because the skin is so thin, you can see that blood vessel underneath the eyelid. And it looks, it's a purple color because it's, uh, it's not oxygenated. And so it shows through the eyelid as hyperpigmentation. So first you need to figure out, is it true hyperpigmentation or not? If it's not, then that tells me you need more collagen. You need the, your skin is really thin and you can see through it because it's becoming transparent. This is where you want to take in more collagen through powder form, through liquid uh, like bone marrow. Some people, you know, boil the bone marrow to get that collagen. Other people like the shakes, you know, the powder uh, form that you can get. So regardless which form you prefer, you need to do that. And that's going to help thicken that area. Other people can't wait long enough. So therefore, they will probably get injections where there's we use fillers to make that area thicker. So you can't see the discoloration, the purple vein there. But those are ways you can take care of that. For people who truly have discoloration, this is where your vitamin B, Mm -hmm. B, uh, vitamin B3 is really good uh, because it helps with pigment, uh, increase lightening the skin. But also uh, there is uh, vitamin K that is known to help with discoloration around the eyes as well as there is um, um, taking care of your allergies. Mm, Yes, 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 yes. Taking care of those allergies. Wow, I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of all these things that you've been sharing. But let's go ahead. We've got some other people that have joined us. I want to welcome them. So good morning, Patricia. So glad that you're here. Welcome. Good morning, Tanya. And welcome. My goodness. Good morning, Mr. James Scott. The Jam Network is here and watching with us this morning. So excited to welcome you here. So Good morning, Marianne. Yes, garbage in, garbage out. Yes, it shows all over this large organ. Good morning and welcome, Dr. Erica. And we have Marianne. Thank you for sharing that spelling for everyone. Ceramides, yes. Moisturize twice a day if the skin is dry. Absolutely. Cucumber, tea bag, coffee grinds, eliminate puffy eyes. You can see our audience, they're on it. It might be early, but they are awake and they are taking their notes. We do have a uh, a question here or a, a comment. Perhaps you can address this. What about yeast rashes in fat folds? Yes. So what happened is our body has yeast everywhere, Okay. And, but in the right conditions, yeast overgrow. And, but up until then, your body keeps it in a symbiotic balance between yeast and bacteria on the skin. But when you have uh, moist conditions, warmth, which our body is typically warm, especially in the skin fold areas, is even more warmth, uh, increased warmth. But you have, so moisture from the lack of flow of uh, air to dry that area, skin fold, increase moisture or increase temperature, then that's a good setup for the yeast to overgrow. And so what you need to do is two things, not only take care of the yeast with topical products such as clotrimazole or uh, things you can get over the counter for yeast. I prefer creams, you know, because some people tend to get irritated also at the same time, but in your, between your toes, people are not irritated. They need really dryness. I like the sprays there, but besides taking care of the yeast, you also need to control the, the moisture. And by doing that, I recommend a powder. My favorite is Nystatin powder. 
which is a prescription. There's one over the counter called Zeazorb, but Zeazorb, you want to get the one that has AF, which is antifungal. That's what AF means um, when you have Zeazorb. Uh, so those are, so you're treating two things, the problem at, at hand, as well as uh, preventing the problem from coming back again by keeping that area dry. And so also when you take a shower, air dry. If that's mean taking a fan and just drying that area, so be it, you know, but wetting, uh, uh, drying yourself with a towel is not enough because you still, it's moist, but you want to air dry. And even after you dry, if you, you know, your skin is dry, you want to put a moisturizer on like a lotion, you can do that, but you just want to get rid of that excess water. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, we have someone here. Would you know, what are your thoughts about alkaline water? Some people feel that drinking, you know, alkaline water also is anti-inflammatory. Have you come across any research or have any thoughts or, or comments about that? Right. You know, and I don't have really no comment on that. Uh, my take is just to have people take water, drink water. So definitely if your research have proven that you think alkaline water is better, helps with inflammation, by all means do so. Uh, because that is another way we can combat inflammation of the entire body. So I would say, by all means, that's fine. I, my take-home message is for people to just drink enough water. <laughs> that's usually not the case for my population. You know, they don't they don't like water. They drink everything that has water in it, but not just plain water. So the goal is to get enough water in. You know, at least I tell people at least get in eight cups. But uh, definitely, if you have a, a you you think that alkaline water helps with inflammation, that's even an added benefit. Excellent. And your practice is in the state of Indiana, if I'm correct. Yes, it is. Yes. All right. All right. So yeah. So yeah. Keeping folds dry. Yep. Definitely. That is the take-home message. So Dawn is even saying change socks and underwear throughout the day if you have to. Yes. Dry. Keep dry. Yes. 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 So very, very, very important. Um, DM is saying which hazel compresses also good for puffy eyes. Do you find that to be the case? You know which hazel? I, maybe. Um... My concern would be which hazel is a, is a um, um, I can, I'm sorry, I'm going blank here. Which hazel, my concern would be the skin that it is going to affect, purport to affect the eyes. So um, it's a, oh, I am losing it. it um, can't think of the word. I'm so sorry. But what it does, my concern, it will dry the skin out. So you got to be careful with which hazel for that reason. Otherwise, um, we tend to use, like I said, you know, tea bags and, uh, you know, with um, your a cool cucumbers because it's anti-inflammatory. But yeah, my current style would be the dry skin that it may create on the eyelids. All right. All right. Excellent. We have a question here. Um, what is a good cleanser for a sensitive face or just, you know, just generally, how do you take care of it? You know, you have sensitive skin. What are some of the extra things you need to be doing? Right. So for sensitive skin, you know, one is to find a product that works for you. So of course I love my product line. We have a good product, a rejuvenating cleanser that is all natural, but for other products on the market, a very very two products I highly recommend for sensitive skin. One is Cetaphil's uh, liquid cleanser, and it's so it's so mild that we've put it on babies who the eczema is out of control. You can rub it on babies and leave it on them, 
and it doesn't burn or it is actually calms them down. So, which is interesting, but also uh, I, I'm a, I like black soap. So I tell people, you know, that's all natural. So that's something you may want to consider. Now, if you find another product that works for you, by all means do that. But those are, when people ask for my opinion, those are my three. Now for um, the rest of the body, uh, I find that number one, you know, a lot of my, I have some clients that believe that, you know, whatever's on sale, let me get it. You can't do that if you have sensitive skin, you know, so it's, it's not only the soaps, but the detergents. That's that's huge. I have a lot of people who buy different detergents, whatever's on sale. You cannot do that. So I recommend getting something that's uh, good for your skin. And that's a trial and error. Unfortunately, I have some people can use certain products and other people cannot. So um, just find the product that works for you and stick with it. So, you know, that's not the huge thing with sensitive skin is just stick with the product that that doesn't bother your skin. Don't change up. When you buy new clothes, you know, we recommend that you wash them to get the formaldehyde out of the clothes or whatever preservative they put in it to keep that, you know, that uh, wrinkle-free look. You want to, um, again, moisturize your skin. So uh, find a product that works well for you as well as on your face. Again, like I said, I mentioned ceramides. That's huge for sensitive skin. And perfume. You know, I know we like to smell good, but your lotions, not on your skin. I'm so sorry. If you do put it on the wrist area, just like your perfumes, if you have to have a perfume on your skin, put it on the wrist area, wrist area, your, you know, your, temp, your temples or your side of the neck. And I don't mean around the entire neck, just on each side. Uh, but what I have people to do, especially my young ladies who are, you know, becoming, you know, my teenagers that want to do something, I have them to spray while, once they're dressed. Okay. They spray their this cologne or scent they want to have on their skin. I have them to spray it like a mist into the path. They're going to walk right in front of them and then walk through it. So the scent is still in the air, but it, as they walk through it, it lands on their clothes, not on their skin. That's what I recommend. Some people just spray their clothes, but, you know, if you want it diffuse, spray it in air. But, you know, so it's below the chest area and walk through it. So land the particles land on your clothes. So that's what I recommend. That was a great, great, great tip. I love that. So, you know, there's that cloud and you know, the particles are there. You walk through that and it's on your clothes. That is fabulous. That is fabulous. Well, we have an engaged audience. Lots of questions coming. We have a, a thank you. That was an old rock and roll uh, trick. That was about the which also, yeah, people that are on stage need a whole nother set of regimes or like all these newscasters that is just broadcasting 24 seven. Somebody's using little tips and tricks on their skin. And a lot of it is plain old makeup and lighting so that they don't look as you know tired as they might be with not, without getting that seven to nine hours of sleep. So mm -hmm. question, what is your take on glycolic acid and facial serums? Okay. So I like both. Uh, we use glycolic acid. As you know, glycolic acid is a um, product that will help exfoliate the skin. Okay. So in stronger concentrations, we use it as a chemical peel, which you put it on the skin directly uh, after you've washed the skin, of course, and then you rinse it off after so many minutes. We leave it on for three and wash it off thereafter. So you get a more of a really powerful exfoliation. Now, uh, we use it to help with oiliness, uh, to help with acne. Uh, we use it to help even out the skin tone if you're using lightening products. 
Uh, so, or just a good facial rejuvenation. But glycolic acid, you can also find in very small amounts, uh, lower concentrations, and they put them in cleansers, in creams. And where you're going to find glycolic acid usually is, is you know, is your high-end products, usually, compared to salicylic acid, which does the same thing. So you will find your glycolic acid containing serums and products, creams in spas, doctor's offices who sell the products. I'm thinking they're starting to put it in over-the-counter products too in the stores, but they used to be, they usually are high-end type of a higher cost product uh, when you find glycolic acid containing, contained in those uh, as one of the ingredients. As far as facial serums, um, you know, we use uh, hyaluronic acid as a serum. I like it uh, because for, in our case, we use hyaluronic acid. It, first of all, it's a natural product that our body normally makes, but as we get older, we don't make as much of it. So that's why you're starting to see your fine lines and wrinkles. And when you put a serum on, it's a, for hyaluronic acid, it's an awesome hydrator. It's just, uh, in so many ways, I use it for so many reasons. <laughs> so one, I use it because it helps to dimin diminish your fine lines and wrinkles for a day. <laughs> so if you have a little wrinkles and you like for the stage or peers and you want to look really good and refresh, put hyaluronic acid on, let me tell you, it's a serum. Um, that's number one. Number two, it hydrates the skin. So when I hydrate that skin with hyaluronic acid and I put a moisturizer on, on like a uh, moisturizer that has ceramides in it, oh, that's the best, that's the best, uh, combination ever. Let me tell you, your skin is so soft and supple. It's glowy. It got rid of those fine lines and wrinkles. It's a wonderful combination. Okay. And then number three, I use it to dilute out oil, oily, oily skin. Um, so I have uh, some clients who, you know, I ask them, so uh, do you have oily skin or dry skin? What do you think? And they'll tell me, oh, oily skin. And I'm, then I ask them, what well, do you use moisturizer? Well, yes, I do. And I'm thinking, so if you didn't use moisturizer, do you have oily skin? And some do, but some really don't. So the ones that do, I switch it, I tweak it. Instead of them using a moisturizer, I have them to use hyaluronic acid and that's it. So it dilutes out the oil and that works very well for them. So I like facial serums um, and there's other products such as uh, we have um, a peptide product that it comes as a serum and you, wherever you put it, it uh, helps to make collagen, help build collagen in that, in that area. And so those are really nice. And I like them because they're fluid. So if you, you know, as you know, the, your order of products is after you wash your face, any fluids you have, you put that on next. And then any creams, you put that on next. And then sunscreens or moisturizers are last. So I like facial serums because you can, instead of putting hyaluronic acid in a cream, put it as a serum and you can still put on other creams and people won't feel like they put too much on their face. So that's why I like my facial serums. Excellent. Excellent. The questions keep coming. What is the best approach to treating dandruff? Okay. Hmm. So is it dandruff or is it subric dermatitis? And I say that because, uh, <laughs> or even psoriasis in some cases, uh, especially this time of the year, uh, you know. So I say that because, number one, I tell people to wash their hair more often. Uh, so, uh and not to uh, insult anyone and not to question what you've heard before, because I, you know, I have a lot of rebuttals sometimes in my office, but I just give them this example. 
you know, so dandruff, you just have flaky scalp. So you want to make sure it's not due to too much, hold, uh, not rinsing out the, uh, your shampoo good enough, because I've seen that too. You know, some people use this dry shampoo, clean it, because I've seen people have still a lot of flakiness from that. Uh, you know, the particles from that product still in their hair. Then, if so if it's true dandruff, okay, we'll take care of that. Then subic dermatitis, the difference is, is redness, itching, and scaly scalp, okay? So dandruff, dandruff is just scaly scalp. Subderm is red, itching, and scaly scalp. And then there's psoriasis, which is your skin turning over too fast before it can shed it. So you have thick areas of whitish, silvery-looking scales with the red background uh, or red undertone. And I mainly see a lot of dandruff of flakiness on the clothing with psoriasis. But regardless, out of all three, we treat it differently. So with dandruff, well, all three, you want to use a shampoo for dandruff. And I tell people, whatever you get is fine. Just make sure you switch up every time you use it up. So once you use up that bottle of um, tea gel, then go to tea sale the next time. But every time use a different shampoo so your body never get used to it. That's one. Number two, um, for subic dermatitis, you know, there's antifungal products you can use, something for fungus as well as steroids, topical steroids. And then there's psoriasis, there's vitamin D if you want to go natural, or there's, ster you know, again, topical steroids. Uh, and exfoliators. They're mixing exfoliators with steroids and it is, they're giving a, getting a really good outcome uh, and only one once a day application. But anyways, let's go back to how we, another broad area is just washing more often because that actually helps. Now, yes, when you wash more often, you have to really work at moisturizing your scalp more often. But this is the example I use for my ethnic skin population who believe in washing their hair once a month or every two weeks and, one, and, and they have this problem. Your hair is not the problem. Your hair is your, um, the, the part that's inhibiting you from doing more, washing your hair more often, okay? Uh, your your rate limiting step is what I call it. Your scalp is the problem. So you ask yourself, your scalp, the last time I checked, is a continuation of your entire body. It's the skin. So if you wash your face or your body once every two weeks, how would that look? If you did it once a month, what would that look like? Believe me, you would have scaly scalp. You would have an itchy scalp. And, and heaven forbid, may have even get an infection. So if you wash your hair as often as you, or your scalp, as often as you wash your body, you won't have that problem. But like your body, like I mentioned, some people do need to moisturize, some don't. Your hair, if you have kinky hair, yes, you're going to have to moisturize because our hair gets really dry fast. If you have straight hair with your natural oils, you should keep the hair, you know, uh, uh, moisturized. Okay. So the problem is when you have kinkier hair, you don't want to wash as often because you have to work so much harder at um, getting the moisture back into the hair. So it's manageable. And that's what it really comes down to hair. How often we wash it depends on your manageability. You want to keep it manageable. So the key is to find the, the fine balance of that, meaning um, if you wash your hair, let's say once a month, go every two weeks is what I say. If you wash your hair every two weeks, go once a month, go half the time you normally do. And you're going to see a difference with that dandruff. If that's either one of the three entities I mentioned, it's going to help. And yes, you just moisturize a little more. If you're already washing your hair once a week, I would, I would argue that you said do it twice a week. I have a lot of ethnic skin people that wash their hair, you know, some three, every three days. Because they don't want to use any products on their hair, you know, like steroids or 
um, vitamin D products or whatever, they want everything to be natural. But what they find is just washing their hair more often controls the dandruff. All they have to do is moisturize, uh, keep it moisturized. But uh, definitely washing your hair more often makes a big difference also. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much. So for those who have just tuned in, we are here listening and learning to our fabulous guest, Dr. Sonia Johnson, MD. Now you can reach out. I suggest that everybody go on over to Dr. Sonia's website right now. Check out, look at, learn more about her, really get into the details because we're talking about the largest organ system in our body and that's our skin. And we just really finished up with the scalp. And I love what you said about, think about what your face would look like. Think about what your body would look like if you didn't wash it every day if you because like you say with some ethnic populations you're only wanting to wash the you know the scalp the hair you know once a month once every two weeks once a week and if you didn't what if you just thought about your face if you didn't wash your face but once a month what would your face look like and part of the reason of having healthy skin is that exfoliation process mm -hmm. that occurs when we wash so just that alone but i had never thought about it in that way hmm it probably wouldn't look too good you know with all that dead skin layer after layer after mm -hmm. layer I would just sit there if i didn't wash my face for a week if i didn't Wash my body for a week, you know, you know, not to mention, you know, some of, you know, the odor and whatnot that would accrue if, you know, if we didn't do this. Oh, my goodness. So let, let's just keep going here. I want to make sure to, you know, to capture the thoughts and the comments and the engagement. So um, Cetaphil Cleanser, have you heard about Cetaphil Cleanser? And what is Cetaphil Cleanser? So Cetaphil is a product that came about uh, that in the survey and uh, they know they all came about for to help people with eczema or sensitive skin. So their product line really is for people with sensitive skin. That's the basis of it. Cetaphil cleanser, uh, like I mentioned earlier, when someone asks about sensitive skin, what is good for your face? Cetaphil cleanser is good um, because if you have sensitive skin, okay? So it does not, you know, when we have really harsh soaps, what you're doing is you're taking out all of the bacteria, even the bacteria that we're learning call them microbes that are very important for our skin's health. And, you know, you, you, you're wiping that out. And so with Cetaphil, it doesn't do that. It's really mild. And like I mentioned, it's so mild that we have patients who their eczema is really bad and with little kids and we can rub Cetaphil cleanser on and leave it on their skin and it stops the itching. And, and so it's not, whereas if I use a harsh a more drying a cleanser, they you can't do that. But set up a cleanser, you can. So it's so gentle and, and and for sensitive skin. And that's why I mentioned that earlier. It's just just that gentle for a baby's skin. You can put on and leave it on until they get home. You know, a couple hours later. But uh, so set up a cleanser is a really good cleanser that you can use if you have uh, sensitive skin. You know, um, be honest with you. My concern is, does it really clean? Because it's so gentle. You mm -hmm. know, but is, is done well. It, it It's good for people who cannot tolerate really heavy, uh, really harsh cleansers. 
So uh, yes, that is a good option for you. And as you know, it does not lather up. It just, you know, it, it just cleans. So it doesn't have that uh, lower sulfate in it. So you don't have to worry about lather and, and drying out the skin too much. Excellent, excellent. So here's another question. Would you recommend pure shea butter for eczema? So, so yes, shea butter is good. You know, I had to learn this. Uh, I had a, uh, on a little side note, uh, a company brought in a new product for acne. And it's funny, I just got educated on butter, different uh, um, oils. And, and what it is, I was trying to find what's good oils for the face, you know, uh, when people have acne. And shea butter is the best oil. <laughs> it's one of the best products. But it's also good for eczema too. And we tend to migrate to coconut oil because your body is absorbed really well, the, uh, the molecule itself. And I haven't looked into the molecule for shea butter, but I do know that shea butter is really good for acne because it does not clog your pores. It's non-comedogenic, unlike coconut oil, which is number 10. Shea butter is one or zero if there's a such number. Now for eczema, it's fine. Now, But the thing about eczema patients is, and like I mentioned earlier, you know, I have patients who only want to use the oils. I don't recommend that. Uh, because they need a moisturizing product that's going to trap that moisture in and make the skin soft and supple, okay? So, uh, and any oils to me doesn't do that. And I like oils. I recommend them in the summertime if that's all you want to use. But if you use it in wintertime, I still want you to put on a that moisturizer that has ceramides in it. Because ceramides is going to put lipids in the skin, which shea butter cannot do, and it traps and holds on to moisture, which oils do not do. And so for that reason, that's why I prefer a moisturizer with ceramides in it. But if you still want, if I have patients who still want to use their oils, they can. Uh, preferably, I want the, uh, the uh, moisturizer with uh, ceramides on, but if they just cannot part ways, then I would have them to use their shea butter first, rub it in really good, mm-hmm. then put on the moisturizer that has the ceramides in it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you. So now... I have found a negative reaction to shea butter thoughts. Once it was a great moisturizer and then became an irritant. It's true that anybody can become sensitive or allergic to anything at any time, even if you've used it before. So I would say the first thing is if you notice that, stop using whatever it is that you're using. Um, So I don't know if you have any additional pearls or tips but that's one thing people do need to notice. You can become allergic or sensitive to things that you previously were not. And not just that, but even all natural things. You know, everything is not made for everybody. So a lot of times we have this misnomer that because it's natural, then I should be okay with it. Well, not necessarily. At the end of the day, you know, there's what proteins that, uh, that, that can cause you to be re- reacting to things and depends on what your body cannot tolerate. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at working with all natural products, you still can have a reaction to it. And it just comes down to testing it before you put it all over. You know, I have people to test. If you're really a very sensitive person uh, and you tend to get discoloration every time you have a reaction to anything, this is where I would say test it in the bend of your arm. Put a little bit of whatever that product is every day in the bend of your arm for three days. Yes, ma'am. Right here. You can see. Sorry. Right here in the bend of the arm. Put it every day for three days. If you have a reaction, itching or burning or redness, do not use it. The bend of the arm is just as sensitive as your face. So this is a way, uh, one way we test for products before you put it on your face. Another way we can test for products that you put all over for people who 
cannot, for whatever reason, the insurance can't afford and won't pay for it, or they cannot afford a patch testing to see what they're getting into to cause them to break out. I have them to test their own products. So this is what you can do to make sure you can tolerate this product, if you, especially if you have sensitive skin, or if you tend to have a reaction to everything, you know. Another thing is, too, uh, you mentioned um, uh, shea butter, moisturizer, and becoming irritant. You know, I had the same problem with, um, oh, what is that product? Uh, we use it. It's an oil. Uh, uh, it smells like mint. Um, hmm, I cannot think. It's a humectant. Can't think of it, but I had the same problem. And let me tell you, every time we tend to put in, uh, uh, not melted, a tea, a green tea. Is it green? No, um, a tea tree, tea tree oil. I can't do the same thing. And I use it all the time. But now I try to, I, I try to mix it in my products when I make my own uh, moisturizer for my hair. Oh, a little bit. I itch more. And it's supposed to help with itching, but I itch more. So I had to totally leave it alone. And uh, so some things are irritant, especially if you use too much of it or you just cannot, your body can't tolerate it. And that's okay. You just, as long as you know what that is and you abort from using it. So uh, you won't have another problem on your hands. Absolutely. Thank you again. Here's what about this? Here's what do you recommend for alopecia? Okay. So alopecia, that is a big word. And I say alopecia, alopecia for anyone who does not know, it means hair loss. And I say that is that what I mean by big word is that word can mean so many different types of alopecia. So if you have a specific type, that'd be great because there's alopecia areata, there's telogenic fluvium, there's uh, androgenetic alopecia, there is um, degenerative uh, disease alopecia, there is senile alopecia, there is a plethora of alopecias. There is fungal infections uh, due to alopecia. So which one are you referring to? Because they're not treated the same. Let me tell you, they're all different and we uh, treat them differently and the outcome is different also. There's traction alopecia. Um, so which one are you preferring referring to when you mention alopecia? Okay, so, and again, we want all of us, we're here to inform and educate. We're not treating or diagnosing. Exactly. You need to engage with your healthcare professionals with these questions as they relate to you. Because again, this is, you know, what exactly are you re referring to? You know, where's the hair loss? Where's it occurring exactly. on the body? So important point we want to remind everybody of. Good morning, New Orleans in the house. Dr. Dietrich, that was a great point about the scalp. Never thought of it that way. Dr. Errol, this is great info. My goodness. So, <laughs> well, you know, with the scalp, believe it or not, for my clients that have heard over the years, uh, you know, they have come to see me because you're, you know, African-American doctor and you understand our hair and you know we cannot wash your hair every day or every week, like they're saying. And I'm looking at them like, hmm. And so they, and, and so they're, they, I have to, so when I use that analogy, Hey, your scalp is the continuation of your body. And how would that look if you wash your body, you know, once a week or once a month, they, it dispels everything. And, they, and it's an understanding, you know, it's not the hairs, it's the body, it's the scalp that's the problem. So it really helps when I use that analogy. And once I break through that, that myth, then I can educate. And so, and I had to find, you know, I only have so many minutes with a patient, as we all know, I have to get through that myth really fast. And that does it every time. 
That does it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's a, um, a question, I believe, you know, from Ayurvedic medicine. Do you recommend dry brushing your skin before you wash or using a washcloth? Okay, so I like dry brushing. Um, you know, uh, I think it's really interesting. It's a, just a different way of rejuvenating and, re, and re, uh, uh, getting your, your energy level sort of high, you know, with your skin. And so what I, I like it, but you got to be careful with it. Okay, there's ways of doing it. And you got to be careful with population you want to recommend it for. So I do not recommend dry brushing with a person who has dry skin or who have eczema. That just not an option for them. Okay, because I'm worried about them. Uh, they already don't have a normalized skin. It, they have a lot of openings in their skin. That's why they get irritants in, and that's why they stand irritated uh, or their eczema staying flared up. So I don't recommend it for certain populations of people with certain skin condi conditions. However, if you have um, your skin is intact, your skin you know is relatively healthy, you're not sensitive, then you, well, you can even use it on sensitive skin. Actually, it's just severely dry skin. I don't recommend it, but with that, if you have a lot of peeling, you know, buildup of dead skin, like I said, normalized skin, uh, that you don't have any skin problems, then yes. And that's one, you're a good candidate. But number two, I don't, you have to be careful not to overdo it. I tell people you, when you use, uh, you know, like a loaf of pad or whatever, one time you, you, you brush across one time and you brush across, you go at different areas. You do not brush and go back over that same spot. I don't recommend it. Because you can, when you wash your, after you do this, if you have brushed over too many times, you can actually, your skin starts to burn. And so you got to be really careful to only brush once over the skin and then go to another area, brush again. And then you keep going to a different location. Don't uh, go over it two or three times. That's what I recommend. But yes, I do enjoy it. I like it. I think it's a great way to exfoliate if you don't want to use the, um, sugar scrubs and things like that, I, I think is a wonderful thing to do. So, yes. Yeah, I love dry brushing too. It's a really gentle exfoliation mm -hmm. process. So from Dr. Dietrich, how do you care, treat, cure ingrown facial hair? Well, we're not going to treat or any of those things <laughs> this morning, but we can talk about, you know, ingrown facial hairs and um, some things that you might consider. Right. So, uh, so ingrown hairs, you look, you're looking at two things. One is you want to pull the hair out. That's your, your hair that's curling, curling back in. Um, you want to pull that in that's trying to curl into your skin back out because it can cause other problems. Two, you want to train the hair to lay. So if you either shave, you know, shave it off, or if you don't, you want to keep it, then you want to brush your hair to train it to lay flatter. So it won't grow back into the scalp. Three, if you do have uh, a reaction to the ingrown hair because your body usually reacts to it. You may want to get something that's anti-inflammatory. Okay, we tend to use steroids because they work faster, but there's other things that you can put on your face that help. Especially if you just caught, just really notice the problem and it's not that bad. And then always you can just get rid of the hairs altogether if you're ready for that. And that's with hair laser, which is really safe for all skin types at this at this time. Excellent. All right. Good morning and welcome, Dr. Kathy, all the way from Wisconsin. Woo -woo. We are, you can see we're we're from Pakistan. Yes, international. And so so Linda, this is back. Is the shea butter better than cocoa butter? So we're we you know part of that conversation thread. Right. You know, uh I won't say it's better. Um I, okay, so shea butter I recommend for my patients who have acne. 
and they want to use some type of butter, you know, uh, oil, okay? But you can use it for the hair and anywhere, really. Um, coconut oil, I like for the body. Uh, I just I just liked it for some reason. And then cocoa butter, I actually like for areas that I need to blend the skin. So if you have light areas, dark areas, and I need to blend that skin tone, I can't use a bleacher because you have lighter areas there. I use coconut butter for that. I give it six months and it works well. Now, coconut butter as a moisturizer, you can use it as a moisturizer. You can use it however you want. It has a scent to it, so you want to make sure you're okay with that. But, um, you know, for the, is it better? No, I can't recall what the index was as far as comedogenic index. It wasn't high as uh, coconut oil, that's for certain. <laughs> I was just so surprised with coconut oil. Uh, but cocoa butter, I'm not for sure for acne. Patients who want to use it as a moisturizer for their face uh, and who have acne, I don't. I can't recall what is the index for coconut cocoa butter. And when I say this um, website I found rated every oil there was hemp seed oil, everything. It rated everything. So coconut oil, I just can't recall. But yes, there's places for cocoa butter that body, the body, or, you know, like I said, I use it to help blend the skin to help uh, uh, with discoloration. All right. So Dawn is saying, thank you so much. That's good information. On my way to work, hashtag yes. Thank you, Dr. Sonia, and be blessed. Thank you, Dr. Dawn. You all need to take the show on the road. Information and co-processing. Oh my goodness, my goodness. So let's see. Oh, uh, we've got a few more questions here. Then I actually have a question. So, what's the best product for erasing scarring. Okay, so so let's talk about what is truly scarring. And I say that because when people refer to scarring, there could be the change in texture of the skin. It could be the coloration. A lot of times people think coloration is scarring. So you have hyperpigmented scars, darker areas. You have lighter areas in your skin. And then you have red areas. So we have four different. And, and I bring that up because uh, what I think is scarring, which is usually texture changes of the skin. That's not what people are th thinking about. So which one are you referring to? Uh, and I can answer or I can answer all. But definitely I can answer the one you want me to answer. All right. So listen, y'all go on over to SoniaJohnsonND.com so you can be in touch with her after the show. Look at her fabulous products and you can continue the conversation. Hey, Shannon, North Carolina in the house. Welcome. Thank you so much for dropping by. Argon oil. I'm sure that was on that, that list. That you <laughs> yes, did. it was. So Argon oil for the scalp is fine. That's a wonderful product. You can't go wrong. Uh, we use it a lot. Um, you know, I see that in use a lot and that's fine to use. You know, like I said, really all oils are fine to use. I haven't came across one that's not, you know, the ones that we see in our normal um, everyday lives. You know, if you go to the grocery store, those oils are, you know, they're using those in an appropriate way. Uh, it's just that, uh, again, it's a certain select population of people got to be careful. Ones who have acne, they have to know uh, what is this rating? Is this a good oil for me or not? And I would just tell them, to, you know, to um, to write down those few that are is a, I want to say it's a, a level one is what they're getting or zero. I can't remember what the scale start with, to be honest with you. But regardless, that list you write down and that's the ones you look for. Don't use any other oils. <laughs> so but for everyone else, you can use wherever you want as long as you're not irritated by it. You know, and like, like we mentioned earlier, you can get irritated with some of these oils. So just keep that in mind. OK. 
All right. And so Victoria is sharing that, you know, shea butter originally, Ore, is West from West African region. It is easily made and it is the go-to lotion butter used in newborns to the age population. We believe it has very good medicinal properties and deemed extremely safe. It is also the go-to oil massage for um, for full body massage. And yes, in certain cultures, you know, we're com- you know coming from the mother um, continent of of Africa for sure. We do see it's had a long time wisdom honored. Yeah and use. And again, let's go be sure to visit SoniaJohnsonMD.com. Dr. Erica, you funny. I wash my hair every day, but I don't have much hair. Yes, Dr. <laughs> Erica. Hey. Yes. Yes. Go. <laughs> and yes. So yes, and so for you. And that your skin is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. And here quickly. So face masks seem big right now. Do they detox your pores? It, you know, it depends on the uh, product they're using. So uh, charcoal uh, is good to bring out impurities. But um, face mask, you know, when I think of face masks, there are some that they're like a shield you put on. And then there's others that are product to just rub in. OK, so and then the face mask is it the type that peels off. Or the type you wash off, okay? So I have my concerns. Uh, and uh, and I say that because I had an esthetician to tell me her experience with them. And at that point, I, I'm very uh, careful what, what I recommend face masks. Overall, they're fine, okay? Again, it's finding the right product for you. And I just wouldn't be so quick to put something on all your face, cover it up. If having the vision, you have that mask that goes with it. And you never try the product anywhere else. And sure enough, you have a problem with it, a reaction. So the key is be very careful because you're looking at your entire face. If you have the one that gets to use the shield, if you have, if you get the face mask that peels off, be careful because it's not the product I'm worried about. It's the the mechanism of action of peeling off this mask. Because sometimes the esthetician, my esthetician mentioned to me how some people have peeled off their skin with it, which... Mm -hmm. I've never heard of that, but she had patients, I mean, clients that it happened to. And, um, but then there's the mask that you just put on, you leave on. I like those masks. I love those masks. So there's several types in, in what makes it, uh, it, a mask can use it for different things. Okay. So we have a charcoal mask with sulfur. I like that for my acne patient. It brings out the impurities as well as it takes care of the little red bumps on the skin. Then there's the microdermabrasion scrub. There's really a scrub, but you can, some people look at it as masks too, because they put it all over. Well, that helps with the little white and blackheads, the white, your comedones. Then we have a mask that's an enzyme mask. Ours is a pumpkin, uh, detoxifying pumpkin mask. Well, again, it pulls out the impurities, but it also helps with those deep uh, acne bumps that are really deep in the skin. And it breaks down the cement that holds the cells together. So that's how it helps with the deep nodules that women get, but it also helps tighten the pores. So your mask, it depends on the ingredient that's in it. And you definitely want to test it before you put it all over. You can test it behind your ear or on the side of the ear. So if you have a reaction, people can't really see it or again at the bend of the arm. Okay. So yes, I like masks. I just, you know, you just want to make sure you know the ingredient that they're putting on your face before you put it all over. And I tend to avoid 
I, what I don't recommend the mask that you peel off and I don't recommend the mask that, you know, there's a shield over it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. So real quick, I'm going to go over by two minutes. So we see, you know, recommendations about coming and getting a dermatological survey. How often should people come in and do this basic primary care around dermatology, around the largest organ of your body? When should it start? And what should be the periodicity? Yes. So I recommend a skin examination is what we call it. I call it a total body skin exam once a year. Now, I have some people that are just not used to being checked over like that. So I recommend at least the upper body, in which I check you waist up, where you have more sun exposure there than, uh, you know, than any other part. But overall, if you, you know, the ideal thing is a total body head to toe in which, and that's once a year, unless my patients had a history of cancer. If they do, I start off in three months. Uh, once we take care of the cancer, they come back in three months. If they're clear, then I go six months and then I go once a year. And I have some that want to stay six months regardless. Okay. But once a year is good enough. And if I've seen a patient for three or four years and they never had anything to worry about or not even suspicious of, I tell them they can go out once, to one, uh, one and a half years to two years out. Um, but usually um, that's after I've seen them for a couple of years. And what we do, you know, with a skin examination is you have on a gown and that's it. And I check everything, scalp, uh, private area, bottom, because they can look at those areas. And then the feet, the feet are very important and between the toes are very important. Mm -hmm. So we check everything. And that is once a year. Once a year. And at what age should that begin? The age, you know, I recommend that at age, I would say age 25 and up because by that time people have been exposed to the sun and um and definitely up until they just you know till i even have my elderly patients who if they even get a cancer no they're not going to get anything done for it they still want to get checked so up until they decide they you know they don't need it um which is over 70 80s okay mm -hmm. for little kids you know i have some parents that want me to check their kids at least once and I do that. So if there is a family history of cancers, I recommend everybody in the family uh, go get checked because anyone in your family that has a cancer, they have, they have increased your risk by sevenfold. So you definitely want to, if your grandmother had cancer, you need to get checked uh, to make sure you're okay because you're carrying those genes and, you know, establish a relationship with your, I would, of course, I would recommend a dermatologist because we know what we're looking at. We can answer any of your questions when it comes to your skin. And, uh, you know, get you a peace of mind so you know, oh, I'm doing fine or I'm not. But um, and then we can take care of your problem if you do have a concern. You know, there's a, a lesion that we ha we think is suspicious. We can do the biopsy right there. So I recommend seeing a dermatologist, a board certified dermatologist and getting your skin checked once a year. And definitely if you have any family members with any cancers or any precancer lesions, you need to get checked, too. Oh, well, thank you. So listen, you know. Uh, Dr. Sonia, I'm sure when you check your Facebook feed, we still have questions coming in. <laughs> so we are going to get ready to sign off. Mm -hmm. This has been a delight. You have literally taken us from the bottom of our feet because you got it in, the importance of checking the feet yes. for it, skin irregularities and skin cancers all the way up to the crown of our heads because it is what... It is the yeah. entire body. It yeah. is the largest organ. So thank you, Dr. Dietrich. Thank you, Dietrich. Thank you, Linda, so much. 
and we will be back here next week with Dr. Ken Richmond. We're going to be talking about, you know, mental health and corporate leadership, Dr. Ken. And this is, you know, again, something really important now that we're seeing the change in power, the change in leadership, and of course, what's going on in our country. It impacts us individually, personally, professionally, and, you know, internationally given the position of the United States, yes. the world. So yes, DM is saying, Danke Shane, thank you so much. So I just want to extend my gratitude to you. This has just been fabulous. This has been absolutely fabulous. We want to be sure to be in touch with Dr. Sonia Johnson, md.com, taking care of the skin you're in. Go back to the basic tips of Good rest, good water, good nutrition, good movement and exercise from the basics down into the details. You've given us so much to consider here today. It has been glorious. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm so honored. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we're getting the thank yous are coming in. And we certainly appreciate our audience and our viewers. Thank you for your engagement. And I will see you back next week on Weightless at Mind, Body, and Spirit. And oh, don't forget, join me during the week for weekday meditation as well, Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m., 7 a.m., because Reducing stress is also a part of good skin care. Yes, it is. Bye. Bye. Bye bye.